evening, good evening, good evening. Come on, happy Good Friday. Come on, high five your neighbor. Come on, high five your neighbor. Just say Good Friday. Come on, Good Friday. How many of you know, like maybe you've heard or read some other people a whole lot smarter than me. Um, we celebrate Good Friday, but how many of you know a couple thousand years ago, for the people that were there, uh, it wasn't so good. Come on, it wasn't so good. Uh, uh, but how many of you believe that God can just turn what's not good into something really good? Come on, amen, everybody. Come on, that's called resurrection, right? Come on, that's called resurrection. Uh, we believe, God, that there's resurrection power working in you tonight. We're so glad that you're out here hanging out with us on a good Friday. Hey, if this is your first time with us at Spectrum, we just want to say welcome. We're glad that you're here with us. Uh, in, in, in your seat there was a connection card. Uh, if you just take a couple seconds and fill that out, we're going to receive an offering at the end of the service. You're not obligated to give anything. We're just so glad that you're here. But just let us know that you came, if this is your first time or second time. Or maybe you've been hanging out with us and we don't even have any information uh, about you in kind of our data bank, our system. We just, again, don't want to put you on some crazy, crazy mailing list. We won't ask you for blood samples or nothing like that. Come on, everybody. Uh, we won't solicit you for money. We don't, we're just not that kind of people. We just want to help you and bless you. And one thing that really kind of, can I just tell you something on a good Friday? What, what frustrates me is that when you want to try to help somebody and you don't even know they're there. You know, like, like I was looking for somebody recently in our church and, and somebody was asking me and, and we, I can't even find them where in our, anything we've got. So, so that's frustrating to me. So, so come on, if you love us or kind of like us, or if you even think you might want to kind of hang around, fill out a card. Would you do that? Come on, everybody. Would you do that? Yeah. And so, yeah, anyway. Offering is offering's going to come at the end of the service. Just slip that in and let's let us know what's going on in your life. And again, we just welcome you. We're going to be back here on Sunday morning at uh, 9.30 and 11.15. So let me just encourage you. Last Sunday uh, was the biggest non-Easter Sunday we've ever had at our church. So, so yeah, like, like ever, ever. And so what that means is um, uh, we're going to put out every seat we've got in this place. But as you know, there's only so many seats you can put in here. And so if I were you, I'd get to church early. I just will get here early. We'll have free coffee out there, so come hang out, drink some coffee, and hopefully, you know, there's got some invite cards there. Bring some friends with you. And, and, and again, I'm believing God that, you know, everybody's going to have to stand during service like me. Come on, everybody. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll have a good time. We'll have just a, a great time. We're going to have a, a good, good Easter. Our kids are going to be singing. It's just going to be a blast. So, uh, again, just welcome. Thank you for being here with us tonight. I just want to jump right into some stuff I want to share with you uh, before we receive communion tonight. Um, not not going to be super long, but, I mean, every time we gather, you know, I'm just, I'm impelled, I'm compelled to bring the Word of God to you. I, I've been... Um, uh, uh, I've been at this for a little while. As some of you all know, if you're a guest, uh, um, you know, I've, Kimber and I have been married almost 35 years, and we've been in ministry 34. And, and I tell our church all the time is that the Word of God and the Spirit of God changed my life when I was just a kid, uh, 20 years old, just turned me around. I, I became uh, hungry for the Word. I became uh, uh, desirous to know the Holy Spirit and to know Him more and more. Uh, because Jesus said, when I go away, I'm going to send somebody just like myself who's going to be with you forever, who'll be your teacher, your comforter, your counselor, your advocate. He'll be your intercessor. He'll be your strength and your standby. And so when Jesus went away, he sent somebody just like him to live on the earth, to live inside you, to help you, lead you, guide you, direct you, fill you. Come on, somebody. Strengthen you for life's difficulties and challenges. And so come on, the Holy Spirit's here today. Come on, everybody. Amen. He's here in you, and he's here with us, right? 
We found out last week or the week before that anytime we get together, the Bible says that we get together as the body of Christ. He, Jesus Christ, is the head. And any times the church gets together, he holds the church. He walks amongst us every time we gather. So, come on. Anything's just possible in a room like this tonight. Right, everybody? Yeah, anything. Uh, so, so, so let's just kind of jump into some scripture tonight. If you've got a phone, you can follow along with me. We'll have them on the screen here behind me. And uh, let's just kind of talk about just some things that were happening right here at the end as we talk about uh, communion and really uh, the, the crucifixion just a little bit. I want to bring out one point tonight and about just now where you and I find ourselves because of what Jesus did for us. I like what, what, what Kimberly said a moment ago, uh, uh, the cross the cross is empty. The cross does not have Jesus on it any longer. Come on. Uh, when when, when uh, the, the ladies went to the tomb, uh, the angel said, He is not here. Come on. He is risen. Right? He is risen. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, He is risen. Come on, He is risen. Look with me to Matthew chapter 27, verse 27. I'll read an NIV translation. This is when Jesus was being beaten and whipped and he was being getting ready to go to the cross it says the governor's soldiers took jesus in the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him the whole company mind you they stripped him they stripped him so listen tonight most church historians believe stripped means stripped when jesus went to the cross part of the cross was public humiliation naked men were on the cross humiliation they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and they twisted together a crown of thorns and they set it on his head they put a staff in his right hand and then they knelt in front of him can you believe this knelt in front of him and mocked him said hail king of the jews and they spit on him and they took the staff and they struck him on the head again and again And after they mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes back on him, and they led him away uh, to crucify him. Uh, What's interesting about this, uh, what Matthew records and what the other gospel writers record that that, uh, were there and witnessed the account and heard details of the account, was that the only earthly crown that Jesus ever wore was a crown of thorns. It's the only earthly crown he ever wore. We think of kings, we think of rulers, we think of majesty. Uh, you know, in our day and age, I'm always directed back toward England and London. We, I, when you see the crowns and you see the jewelry and you see all, the, all, all that, that, that signify royalty, king, queen, uh, Jesus never did that. The only crown he ever wore was this. The soldiers, we know what it's, the, the text tells us. The Roman soldiers, they made the crown as a mockery, uh, attempting to, again, humiliate Jesus. Uh, and, you know, they bowed down in front of him, spit on his face. Hail, King of the Jews. Isn't it interesting that later Paul the Apostle says every knee will bow and every tongue will declare and confess Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So so even in this, there was a prophetic picture looking to that day. Whenever that day is, looking to that day when everybody will bow. Listen, saved and unsaved, believer and non-believer will bow their knee to Jesus Christ. So what you need to do is you need to bow your knee before that day. The Bible says, the text says, they put a scarlet robe on him, a purple robe on him. Again, it was a 
prophetic picture. Purple means royalty. Purple means kingliness, if you will. And they put a staff in his hand, speaking of the kingship and the royalty. Again, it was a prophetic picture. They didn't even know what they were doing. But Jesus didn't stop and say, you know, uh, do you not know who I am? He didn't even do that. Even when Pilate was questioning him, Peter goes out and in his gospel, he, or excuse me, his letter, his epistle, he says he didn't even open his mouth to his accusers. But I want to talk just for a second about that crown, that crown. Look at me real quick to Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 and 19. In Genesis 3, this is, this is after Adam and Eve listened to the, the, the devil in the form of the serpent, and they ate of that fruit, and they were separated from God, the Bible says, and they hid themselves, and then God came and found them in the garden, uh, the text declares, and God comes to Adam, and Adam starts, you know, talking back and forth to God, and God comes back one more time and says to Adam, he says, because you listened to your wife and ate from the fruit of the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will, it, the ground will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you will return. Now, when you read just a couple of verses before, a couple of chapters before, this was not how God made creation. God made creation, it seems as though that there was a bubble over Eden, that God watered it, God dewed it, it didn't necessarily rain from heaven, but there was dew that rose up from the ground, it was, it was an ore, it was sinless, it was spotless, it was pure, it was holy, everything was, the, the smells were smells that you've never smelled before, uh, the, 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 the flowers, the plants, the trees, the fruit, the animals, everything was that we've never seen before. And when the curse came, all of a sudden, that was gone. That, that, that was gone. So before Adam sinned, the ground, the seeds, and nature operated under the blessing of God. And after Adam sinned, the ground, the seeds, and nature operated under the curse. And to this day, we are still suffering the consequences of that curse. Uh, again, we just read, the curse produced thorns and thistles. I want to talk to you just a second about that. God says the earth is going to be hard for you. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to toil. You're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to sweat. Now, the thorns for us tonight, I just want to, about this one thought. I want you, I want you to think about this. That the thorns that were placed on Jesus Christ's head represent demonic thoughts, ideas, suggestions, feelings, emotions coming to your mind pierced his mind, pierced his brow, pierced his head. That we go through life, I think, so many times, and, and we just think, well, that's an okay thought, or that's a normal thought, or, or why am I dealing with these thoughts? Uh, so many times, I think, we, 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 we stay you know, like caked in this, in this place of darkness where we hear things like, like, you're alone. God doesn't care. If he did care... Why would he leave you in this situation? God's given up on you. God won't help you. Why don't you quit? Why don't you just go back to the addiction, to your crazy sexuality? Why don't you just go back? Why don't you just leave 
this because this isn't working for you. Thoughts, thorns, thistles, ideas, suggestions come into your mind. That, that was the crown that Jesus, Jesus bore. Um, in the original language that, again, Genesis was written, is, is Hebrew. And in the original language, the thorns actually mean, this is no science, it actually means just uh, pricking. It means pricking. But the pricking also means nagging and jabbing. And things that come to your mind that just nag you, that just jab at you. Just like, I, I, I got to stop this. I, I, I got to quit this. I, why does this keep coming to me? Why do I keep having that image? Why, why can't I get free of that? These are the thorns that Jesus Christ bore for you. And I'm telling you tonight, you can be free. Yeah. It's interesting, the word thistles. This is really interesting. It actually means a luxuriously growing but useless plant. That's what it means. A luxurious growing but useless plant. So on Christ's head was thorn, was thistles, was this, on his brow was bleeding. That Christ took things in our life away from us, took it to the cross, bore it for us, that look like they're great, but they're just not great. Looks like that thought's okay, but that thought's going to produce an action that will lead you down a pathway of disaster. And Christ took those thoughts for you so you and I could be totally free. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Over and over we see the psalmist saying things like this, that Jesus was forsaken so you would never be forgotten. He was forsaken. He was forsaken on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was so that you would never be forgotten. So if you're here tonight thinking, I'm all alone, I'm a single mom, I'm a single dad, I'm, a pa- I'm married in the same house with this person, but, but we ain't doing it together, we ain't together, I'm going through life, I'm on my own, it just seems like every day is the same day, it's like Groundhog Day over and over. There's some seasons I bet you go through like that, that I've been through too, and you just think, God, when is the prayer I've been praying and crying out to you going to get answered? I'm here to tell you. Listen to me. God will and has never forgotten you. Just hasn't. Just hasn't. There's just something about breakthrough that you just don't know whenever you're going to break through. But I'm just encouraging you tonight that Jesus bore the curse. He took the thorns. He took the thistles so you could start thinking differently about him and about you and about what you're going through. Come on, somebody say amen. (laughs) Anybody ever been on a long trip with your kids besides me? Before you get out of the driveway, your kids start saying, come on, help me out. Are, Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You hadn't even left the driveway. And I think so many times in our life, we just, we just, we, we want to speed up the process. We want to get out of the mess. And I, I want you out of the mess. And I want you out of the situation. But I'm asking you tonight, if before you even think about getting out, which you're not going to get out, I don't believe, until you think differently about who he is and who you are. Because when you think differently about who he is, 
He's going to give you the power to think differently about you. And you're going to have the power to endure whatever you're going through. And then you're going to come out the other side. Come on. Every, come on, you know what? Every test produces a, come, come on, that was weak. Come on, help me out, church. Every test produces a testimony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We always want a testimony, but we don't ever want to, we never want to test. Don't want to test. Jesus was tested. He was tried in everything, the Bible says. Uh, and without sin. But we know what we've already spoken of tonight is that Jesus really bore the crown so you could overcome the curse. He bore that crown. He took it upon himself. He became the curse. Galatians tells us that. He was cursed. He took on the sin nature so you and I could be totally free. He took on the pain of the world. We can't imagine what he did. So when these guys bow down before him, and they're beating him, and they're whipping him. We know from a previous text in the Gospels that it says Jesus could have called out angels, legions of angels, tens of thousands of angels to come and deliver him. But he didn't do it. Why? Because he had you and me in mind, and he knew he had to go to the cross so we could be free. Come on, somebody say amen. In Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 12, in the Passion Translation, I like this. Look what it says here. When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. I've had this discussion, and maybe you have too, with your kids or some other people. Why? I didn't do anything wrong. Why is this whole thing cursed? Why, why are we... Because Adam, his name actually means mankind. That's what his name means. Adam represented mankind. And what that means in the economy of God, the mind of God, really, God knew that anybody who would have been there other than Adam would have done exactly what Adam would have done. Sinned. Taken, eaten of that fruit. When Adam sinned, the entire world was affected. Sin entered the human experience. And death was the result. Not just physical death. Most times when you read about death in the Bible, it's not talking about cessation of life, the end of life. It's talking about spiritual death, separation from God. Death, separation from God, spiritual death was the result. And so death followed this sin, casting its shadow over all humanity because all have sinned. Every person, me, you, every person, every race, every age, for all time, back and now forward, forever, how long we're on this planet, every person who's born in this earth is born a sinner in need of a Savior. We can't educate someone to be good, to be moral. We can't educate someone to be right with God. You can't do enough good deeds to be right with God. Inside every one of us, there is sin that desires to do its own thing, that's selfish, that's wrong, that's arrogant, that's proud. Whatever it is, there is sin nature inside each of us. Jesus took that sin so we could be made right with God again. Come on, everybody. Perfect, holy, blameless in His sight. Come on, everybody. So Paul writes later to the church at Rome, and he says this, Even creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in this glorious freedom from death and decay. Paul says it wasn't just man that suffered. Creation suffered. 
We read it from Genesis. The earth is going to bring forth thorns and thistles. The earth and creation is going to be under the effects of this thing called the curse. Everybody is under the curse of the original sin of Adam. Everybody. All creation, all nature is under the curse of the effects of Adam. The Bible says, I, I've been watching, I mean, I, I'm on uh, IG and so I'm, I'm, you know, I'll scroll down some stuff and I'm on these animal things right now. Just, you know, it's kind of a thing that me, I'm on this animal thing. But I'm not just on this animal thing, I'm on this savage animal thing. And so it's on these animals that are stalking other animals and eating them. Come on, I'm getting some pleasure in that. I don't know why, but that's kind of weird. But I'm seeing these attacks, and there's some really weird, awful stuff. And so I'm kind of like, ooh. And so I'll, I'll scroll by that one, and I'm thinking, all that is under the curse, because the Bible says in the new heavens and the new earth, the lion is going to lay down with the lamb, everybody. Animals eating other animals wasn't in the original creation. Animals did their own thing. I don't know what they did, but they did their own thing. It was all peaceful. Now it's out of order. It's out of order. Creation itself is, uh, is under the curse. So what we're facing, not only ourselves, but in where we live, that we need a Redeemer. <laughs> that will cause us to think different about who He is, about His Word, about who we are, and about the plan that he has for our life. The scripture says that Jesus actually absorbed the entire curse in his body. It's crazy to think about it. You think about pain, you think about suffering, you think about Jesus absorbed the curse. In fact, he actually became the curse, it says. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? So all around the room, come on, listen to me, all around the room, you're looking at people who are righteous in God's eyes. You're righteous in God's eyes. But you don't know what I've done. No, 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 but you don't know what he did. You're righteous in God's eyes. Oh, but you, 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 you know, I, 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 no, I could never be holy. But he says, be holy because I'm holy. He says, I've made you holy. I've made you holy. I've made you blameless. So now, see yourself that way. Think yourself that way. Think, think in line. Let, take that thorn out. Take that thistle out that I could never be. I don't see my... Take that out. Take that out. And put in a different thought from what God says uh, you now are. Uh, Jesus... Uh, Jesus really, what we see from the scriptures, that Jesus really had these, these two things we see, more so in these last several days. He became the suffering servant, and he was also the, the, the king of kings. Again, the suffering servant on the cross, but then resurrected that we celebrate in a couple of days on Sunday, the, the king of kings. And so from those two thoughts, uh, the, the suffering, but also the kingly, that, that we can see a couple of things the Bible over and over tells us about in the New Testament. Number one, here it is, you don't have to suffer with sin. Uh, meaning you're separated from God. I, I, I'm, I'm separated from God. I could never be right with God. Oh, you just don't know. You just don't know. You don't know what happened to me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my story. Again, he does know your story. 
You don't have to suffer with sin. You don't have to be burdened trying to carry or pay for your own sin. It is impossible for you to do that. Come on, that's why we need a Savior. That's why Jesus Christ came. Can you say amen, everybody? Again, He became sin so you could be made righteous. Totally, 100% righteous. His Spirit, same Spirit in you. Same Spirit. The same Spirit in you. Not a different Spirit. Not 75%. The same Spirit now living in you. Secondly, you don't have to suffer with sickness. We know this from the New Testament. You don't have to suffer with sickness. You don't have to suffer with a life plagued with disease, chronic illness. He took, He carried, He bore, He lifted, He removed not only your sin nature, but He took, bore, lifted, and removed, the Bible says, all sickness, all disease, all pain from your life. I need to think that way. I, I, I need to make sure the crown of thorns that I'm wearing right now that says God doesn't care or, or healing's passed away or there's no such thing as a miracle or, or God could never. I believe He'll save me, but He can't do anything with my body. This is, this is just the way it is. No, 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 no. That's a, that's a thorn. That, that's a thistle. You've got to realize he, he took that for you. He took that for me. Yeah, lastly, just along this thought that you just don't have to suffer with a life of struggling. Just struggle every day. Just struggle. Just struggle. Just go struggle on my life. Struggle at work. Struggle to make a paycheck. Struggle. Struggle in my family. Struggle in relationships. It's just, life is just a struggle. That's just, just not what the Bible says because on the contrary, because of Jesus, you have access to the Father. And the Father is called a good, good Father. Who watches over you affectionately and cares for you desirously. And wants to provide everything you need. So i got to think that way. i got to get that crown off. i got, I got to get that thistle, that, 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 that thorn out of my mind that, that I'm alone. I just, just, I'm, I'm never going to make it. I, I, I can never move on in life. I'm gonna, I feel stuck. <laughs> he took it for you. He bore it for you. Romans 5, 17. One man sinned and so death ruled all people because of that one man. One man sinned, Adam is what he's saying. But now those people who accept God's full grace. Come on, is that anybody in the room tonight? You're accepting God's... Come on, anybody? Anybody beside a hand? Come on, anybody else? Accepting God... Come on, anybody else? Uh, come on, anybody else? Accept, come on, anybody else? Accepting God's full grace? Yeah. Just accept it. Come on, accept it. Let's, it this is as easy as it is. Just accept it. I thought I got to do something. Accept it. You want to go to dinner tonight? Yes. You want to go to the mall? I think I want to buy you some shoes. Yes. You know, I got some extra money. You were going to go to Cabo? Yes. But no, I'm not worthy to go to Cabo. Put the suntan lotion on now, baby. I'm going. Come on. Accept it. Accept it. 
Come on, baby, just get your hands out there just a second. Come on. Spiritual exercise. Come on, get your hands out there, right there. Come on, just close your eyes for a second. Come on, Father God, we just accept. Yeah, we just accept. Whew. We just reach out and just say, thank you. We accept everything that you made for us in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Father. We accept it. We accept salvation. We accept healing. We accept deliverance. We accept provision. We accept safety. We, we accept your peace. We accept your love. Come on, we accept your love tonight. The love of the... We accept it. We accept forgiveness. We accept grace. We accept mercy. We accept favor tonight. We accept it. We're not going to fight it. We accept it. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. We know that. But you said you've done it. So we just say, yes, we accept it. And we just say, thank you. Come on, everybody, lift a hand toward heaven just a second. Come on, that's just saying thanks. <laughs> Hands are up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes. Father God, tonight, we just thank you for Jesus. Jesus did for us what we could never do for ourselves. Father God, tonight, we just thank you that we have redemption through the blood of Jesus the forgiveness of sins. We have the opportunity to be made right with you because of Jesus. You told us in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is no longer wearing a crown of thorns. He is wearing a crown of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're wearing a crown of glory and honor. We see you, oh God. Help us see you every day. High and lifted up, O oh God. Be lifted up in our lives, O oh God, that we can lift other people up, O oh God. We thank you that you took the crown of thorns for us. It was destined for us. And you're wearing a crown of glory. That's why you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on, right there with your head bowed, your eye closed. Come on, no one looking around. Just for a second. We're going to receive communion in just a moment. But before we go any further, I just want to ask you, have you made a decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? What are you going to do with this Jesus? Maybe you're here tonight. Someone invited your Good Friday service. It's your first time. Maybe you've been here with us many times. Maybe you found something on Facebook or Instagram and, and you rolled up in here tonight not even knowing what to expect. But here you are. You know, 45, 50 minutes into a service, and we're going to close in a moment after we have communion. But here you are at a crossroads in your life. Crossroads. So many times in the crossroads of our life, we make wrong decisions or we take wrong turns. Wrong turns. Tonight, God's asking you and putting before you a pathway of life, a pathway of peace pathway of salvation and joy. He says, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to earn anything. You have to accept the thing. The thing is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He says, you can't add me to your life. He doesn't want you just to add him to your life with all the other things in your life, idols or things and priorities. He says, the only way I come in is if I can be first. Your life will struggle 
even as a Christian, if he is not perpetually first. First. So if you're here tonight, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. We're so thrilled that you're here. If you're here tonight, maybe you have prayed a prayer as a kid or another church or wherever here before, but you're just away. You're just distant in your heart. You've grown cold in your heart. You know it. You know it. You've probably heard something like this before, but here you are right now again at this point on this day on this Good Friday service. God doesn't do anything by accident. So the thorn and the thistle that might be piercing your mind right now that says everything's okay. Well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I'm good enough for that. All those thorns and all those thistles, all those thorns and all those thistles need to be removed. And you need to receive Jesus. And you need to allow him to change your life tonight. That's what he wants to do. So what we do around the room in just a few seconds, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you want me to pray for you. We'll all say a prayer out loud. You won't be alone. We'll all pray out loud right there in your seat. We won't have you stand up. Come to the front right there in your seat. So in a moment.